G'day and welcome. My name's Scott Gibbons and this show is On The Road. What's On The Road? Well, we take you around Australia and you'll see the latest things through the eyes of the radio. You can just sit back, smell the campfire and you'll learn all about the latest in caravans and motorhomes and tents and and travelling. It's going to be so much fun. So even with all this COVID going on, you can still travel with us, which is fabulous. And then you'll get to enjoy some, oh, magic Aussie music, because all the music we play is Aussie. And if you want to listen to the show again, or you want to pass it on to somebody else, then you can go on to our website, which is ontheroadmedia.com.au. And on there, you'll find, oh, podcast after podcast of all the shows. There's over 50 shows on there. You can go on to Spotify, listen to it again on Spotify if you wish. That's called On The Road. And you can go onto our Facebook, which is On The Road Australia. So if you want to, you can track us down wherever you go. So where do you listen to the show? Well, you can find us on the vast satellite network. That's nationally, all the way around Australia or on the station that you're listening to now or indeed, again, on the podcast. So just go onto the website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. So if you're ready to go travelling, I'm ready to go travelling. Hey, we're on the road together. You ready to be on the road? We're on the road. Oh, yeah, welcome to On The Road. By golly, it's good to be with you. And I tell you what else is good to happen is the Victorian Caravan and Camping Virtual Show. It's around, oh, it's getting closer and closer and closer. So I think we can start getting excited about that. The other thing to get excited about is it's free entry. Now, you don't have to go to Victoria (laughs) because we're not allowed to at the moment. But this starts at 7am. So get your pencil out because this is good. Starts at 7am on Wednesday, the 30th of September, 2020. And it's going to go through until 11.50pm on Sunday, the 4th of October, again, 2020. And it's just fabulous. So from the comfort of your own home, you can look at a wide range of products. There's over 100 exhibitors that are going to be doing this Victorian caravan and camping virtual show. So you can directly chat to some of the caravan and camping experts. Uh, There's prizes you might be able to win. So the website, the website you're going to go to is Victorian Caravan and A&D Camping Virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L Show. So that's all one word, Victorian Caravan and Camping Virtual Show.com.au. So that's just, I have so excited. I'll tell you the other thing I'm excited about is the other day uh, I saw, because I was out at Camp Rack, and, and I saw a new Australian product that I wasn't aware of, and it's called Grip Sport. Now, Grip Sport, if you've got a push bike and you want to put it onto your caravan or your camper, this is just a fabulous product, and the most fabulous part is it's Aussie made, manufactured Aussie made. So, in 2015, Gripsport began developing and testing the first ever bike rack carrier system designed specifically for caravans and camper trailers. Isn't that terrific? And they call it the van rack. So it's now, this is the, it's fabulous, the, it's now the industry standard. It's being fitted and or recommended by many of Australia's top caravan and camper manufacturers. So fabulous. And they're being distributed nationwide. And they're now exporting, so it just gets better and better and better. And every Grip Sport product starts life in either uh, a need that a customer needs to fill. So what they do is they look at where the needs are, and then they go and do it. So from mountain bikes to roadies, caravanners, off-road, four-wheel drive adventures, all of them, if you want a bike rack, Grip 
sport. And I think that's terrific. And Camp Rack, thank you for introducing me to that product. Now, I found a new song for you. <laughs> well, you may have heard it. I doubt it. I doubt it. But this fellow's name's Darren Handlin. <laughs> and it says, and I think it's a beautiful song for now. It says, we all cope in different ways. Aussie song, of course, because we only play Aussie music on this show. This is Darren Handling. We all cope, uh, D- Darren Handlin. We all cope in different ways. I, gee, I think it's good. So what have we got happening? We've got so much on the show this week. We're going to go to Tarthra shortly, so immediately after the break, you get ready, pack yourself an overnight bag because we're going to Tarthra. Uh, <laughs> we'll take you there. We'll take you there on the on the radio. So we'll take you there. Then we're going to go to tomorrow. Oh, there's so much coming on. We might even teach you how to backpack and, and get some fruit, learn how to pick fruit. I think that might be a good thing to do as well. But in the meantime, hey, here's Darren Hamlin. We all cope in different ways. You enjoy that. Hey, this is Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. And all you've got to do is go onto our website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. And if you're listening to the show for the first time or you want to send it on to somebody else, just get them to go onto that website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. And all the shows are on there. You can you can pick out a whole bunch of podcasts and listen to them. Of course, we're on Spotify, so that's there as well. And you can go on to our, our Facebook page, so that's happening. So, you know, On The Road Media, you just go on to On The Road Media, you'll find us. So that's fabulous. Here's Darren Halen. You enjoy that. Hey, we're on the road. Isn't it good? I had a groundbreaking idea, but I forgot to write it down. Now every thought starts to distort and they chase themselves around. Every concept loses meaning when you look at it too long. And today's amazing line becomes tomorrow's awful song. Well, time's longer than rope, I once heard somebody say. There's nowhere to tie the end onto, so I just float away. And it's been three weeks since I've seen the cheeks of friends I was goodbye kissing. So I feed the magpie mince and hope he'll stay a while to listen. We all cope in different ways. So don't be too hard on yourself. A hopeless string of empty days. Like standing on an arctic shelf. Staring deep into the void Of your undiscovered mind Searching desperately to find Some comfort from the malaise We all cope in different ways We now watch the kind of films Our former selves would not believe Old DVDs of Keanu Reeves and we sneeze into our sleeves. I make calls to my great auntie, file tax ten quarters old. But each receipt reminds me of when we were free and bold. Then I got lost in Jane Austen, a posthumous work persuasion. She's the early 1800s poster girl for isolation. Her characters claim love if from some wealthy socialite. But Jane retained a single life and stayed at home to write We all cope in different ways So don't be too hard on yourself A hopeless string of empty days 
Lights standing on an arctic shelf Staring deep into the void Of your undiscovered mind Searching desperately to find Some comfort from the malaise We all cope in different ways They say the world's been granted this chance for collective zen But I keep refreshing to find more death in my heart, it breaks again But statistics are just fish sticks without the human faces How can I empathise with all the lives that each number embraces? When the behaviours of my own neighbours are making me suspicious They prance around all over town like mobile petri dishes So I lock the doors and windows and pull the blinds to make a blinker I become my own worst nightmare anti-social overthinker But we all cope in different ways So don't be too hard on yourself A hopeless string of empty days I stand in an arctic shelf Staring deep into the void Of your undiscovered mind If you're lucky you might find Some comfort from the malaise We all cope in different ways Oh, we all cope in different ways. Isn't that a magic song? Do you like it? Oh, gee, I hope you do. I thought it was just so clever. We all cope in different ways. That's Darren Hanlon. Now, the magic thing to do is, because if you can do it, you've got to get down to the Sapphire Coast. You've got to go head down towards Bega. Now, if you go to Tartha, it's a, if you allow 450k uh, south of Sydney, I think you're just going to have a lovely time down there. A lovely time. So you've got many, many things to do if you're going down to Tartha because it's set like a, it's like a gem like a gem into the shades of green and blue and, and Tartha surrounds itself with just natural beauty. You've got the Mimosa Rocks National Park to the north. You've got the Bonda National Park to the south. You've got seabirds down there. You've got the little endangered tern. And then you have an abundance of wildlife down there. You've got things to do. And Tartha Wharf, you've got to go and see Tartha Wharf because that's historical. I think it's the last wharf on the east coast. I think you'd love that. Uh, the beaches there are beautiful beaches, but you don't just go for the beaches. You've got the, the Perch Bird Park, which is, oh, if you're into the Feathered Friends, there you go. The Bundadung Mountain Bike Network. So I, I think you're going to have fun on that. If you're into biking, if you're really into mountain biking, you're going to love it. And the Kangaratha Track, you'll love that. That's a 9K track. But the, the Bundadung Mountain Bike Network, oh, that would be good because it's one of the top destinations on the whole South Coast for mountain biking. So you've got, you've got family rides. So if you prefer a flat concrete path, then you've got that. If you want beginner mountain biking uh, areas, there's that. And then if you're into adrenaline, <laughs> if you're a single track rider, away you go. So, you know, you can hire gear while you're down there. Uh, there's a skills park at the Tartra Beach Country Club. There's so much. So you've got entry-level mountain bikes if you want to do that. 
Uh, we've got single track. You can try the Fords Farm Headland ride if you want to. Uh, and that'll take you across the Bega River and around the remains of the Fords Farm dwellings. And you get beautiful headland views and, oh, magic. So there you go. Now, if you're talking about magic, then you've got to talk and you're going down to Tartara. Then you've got to go to Tartara Oysters. Now, Tartara Oysters, oh, they're award-winning. They are fabulous. And they're, they are crystal clear water. So one of the things that happened is Phil C, who has a show, uh, and you can go onto his website, which is aussieflashback.com.au, aussieflashback.com.au. So if you just love Aussie music, then you go onto that and you'll hear Aussie music. Oh, feels like 24-7, I reckon. So you'll listen to that. But Phil sees a bit of a caravaner too, and he's gone down to Tarthra and he's met, he's met Gary and Joe, who own Tarthra Oysters, and he's had a bit of a yarn with them for us, which I thought, terrific, Phil. Thank you for that. And I've got a little splice of, of what he was talking about, just so that you know how good the Tartar oysters are and how good the area is in general. If you're an oyster freak, you've just got to go down there. And then following that, <laughs> following that, Joe, who is the wife of Gary, uh, she requested a song. And, and she wanted a song, something about gravy by Paul Kelly. And I'm going to play that for you. And I just, I just couldn't see oysters and gravy. It just didn't make sense to me. But nevertheless, <laughs> you enjoy it. So we're going to have that little bit of an interview now. You'll, you'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to learn something from that. I'm pretty sure you will. And it's, it's pretty inspiring too because they do such good business out of there and they just grow Sydney Rock Oysters and then you're going to have Paul Kelly and Gravy. So there you go. Hey, we're on the road. It's been good being on the road with you. Oh, we love it. We love it. This show goes national, by the way. We are on the vast satellite network. So wherever you are in Australia, hey, we're with you. We're with you. And if you're stuck in Victoria, we're with you even more because, you know, we're there. So we're taking you out of Victoria to Tartra right now, so you enjoy that, and here we go. Here we go. G'day, Phil. Lovely to have you here in Tartra, mate. Yeah, yeah we're, uh, uh, Joe and I uh, run uh, Tartra Oysters, which a few of your listeners might have heard about over the years, and uh, we farm our oysters uh, pretty close to, to the township of Tartra here, just a little bit north, a little uh, estuary called Nelson Lagoon, and we're lucky enough to have our oyster farm there, and the uh, the beauty of the of the Tartra area, Phil, is that uh, we're surrounded by national parks. You know, we've got Mimosa Rocks National Park to the north of us, and Bourne National Park to the south of us. Very uh, visitor-friendly parks that a lot of uh, a lot of people really rejoice in going to these days and we're lucky enough to have our farming enterprise inside of one of those national parks. So that's a very, very, very special thing for us. And comes with a bit of a responsibility too, Absolutely. of course, Phil, you know, to, to, to run a farm inside a national park. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, now that's, uh, we've been doing that for about 32 years now and uh, that's uh, that's been a joy for us, really. Now, yeah, I noticed that 32 years, a family business and you've won a, a heap of awards. Tell us about your awards. Well, yeah, we've been very, very fortunate, Phil, over the years. And, and uh, the main way people probably would have heard of us, I suppose, uh, other than if they've come to Tartra and had the oysters, is, is uh, for them to have sampled them in some of uh, you know, Sydney's nice restaurants. And the reason we've been able to place them into those nice restaurants in the city is because we've, we've sort of got a bit of a profile over the years. And, and a lot of that has, has been as a result of doing well at the uh, Sydney Fine Food Show, which is run in conjunction with the, the Royal Easter Show. 
and uh, they've, they've been showing oysters since, uh, yeah, 2001, my wife Jo. That's Joe. Yeah. 2001. 2001, and, and uh, we've been entering since then, and uh, we've uh, won quite a few awards there over the years, been lucky enough to, to get the Guernsey there, and then the ABC Delicious magazine, or Delicious magazine it is these days, they've been... Uh, having an oyster competition or a food competition for uh, quite a few years now and been lucky enough to do pretty well there. In fact, your, your listeners might be really interested to, to know that this year in the From the Sea category of the uh, Delicious Produce Awards, uh, this is a nationwide award, Phil, There's uh, there was only four oyster farmers that were recognised in the From the Sea category Australia-wide. Anyway, three of them were, were within 15 minutes' drive of Tarthra. Really? <laughs> wow. The, another one's about an hour down the track, yeah. So that's, okay. That's where the, uh, you know, it seems like the, the, the people who now are recognising uh, our little part of the neck of the woods as, as the hotspot for beautiful oysters in Australia. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Absolutely brilliant. I've got Frankie J on the program this afternoon around about uh, sometime between four and six. I'm not going to give you listeners an absolute time on that. But um, we've been speaking with Gary and Joe. Tartar oysters. Hello, Dan. It's Joe here. Hope you're keeping well It's the 21st of December Now they're ringing the last bell If I get good behavior I'll be out of here by July Won't you kiss my kids on Christmas Day Please don't let them cry for me I guess the brothers are driving down from Queensland And Stella's flying in from the coast They say it's gonna be a hundred degrees Even more maybe that won't stop the road Who's gonna make the gravy now? I bet it won't taste the same Just that flour, salt, a little red wine Don't forget a dollar for tomato sauce For sweetness and that extra tang And give my love to Angus And the Frank and Darling Tell them all Remember the last one? What was his name again? Uh, 
just a little too much cologne And Roger, you know I'm even gonna miss Roger Cause there's sure as hell no one in here I wanna fight I pray the baby Jesus Have a Merry Christmas I'm really gonna miss it All the treasure and the trash Later in the evening I can just imagine You put on Junior Murphy And push the tables back And you dance with Rita I know you really like her Just don't hold her Keep close, oh brother Please don't stab me in the back I didn't mean to say that It's just a mind that plays her Yeah, Paul Kelly gravy. Now, speaking of gravy, because we all want to have some fruit and vegetables, don't we? And if you're having fruit and vegetables, then you've got to have someone to pick them. And maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Because we need fruit and veggie pickers all around around the country. And if you just Google fruit picking, uh, then you'll come up with lots and lots and lots of opportunities for you to go in different parts of Australia, when we're allowed to, when we're allowed to, because at the moment we're importing people to uh, up into Darwin to pick some things up there. So, you know, if, if you're an Aussie and, and you want to go and pick fruit and things, oh, what a lovely thing to do. I think that's just fabulous. So you can get around Australia, you can see different places, you can park your caravan, park your motorhome, park your tent, whatever you want to do, and you're out in the air and you're doing something good for the nation and for Aussies. Oh, brilliant thing to do. Another brilliant thing to do, you've got to listen to this interview from, from Nicole at Polaris. Now, we had such terrific feedback last week from the Polaris product that we did with Ange, and Nicole, I, I had to go back out there and talk to her about another new product. So you listen to that, and then after that, <laughs> after that, I tell you, there is a, a whole range of music that we play on this show, a whole range, and a lot of it, as you know, is picked by the people that are part of the program. So <laughs> there's some, there's a bit of surprise coming up for you. Okay, here we go. So you enjoy that, but this interview with Nicole, you're going to love it. She's really good. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road, and I told you last week when I was talking to you, I was out at Polaris GPS at Seven Hills in Sydney, and the response has been so terrific, so terrific, that I, I had requests to come back and ask about another thing that I had never, ever heard of, and it's called a caravan camera integration unit. Now, Different people have asked about that. I'd never heard of it, so I'm, I'm putting my hands up there. So I've come back out, and I'm with Nicole Tabone, and she knows all about this thing. So the Caravan Camera Integration Kit, but let me tell you what it actually does. But I'll let Nicole tell you first, because she knows it better. Nicole, say g'day. G'day. All How right. are you? Now tell us what this, 
this special thing is and does that's going to help caravanners or anybody that's pulling a, I would guess, a horse float or a boat trailer or anything yep. at all? Yep. So basically, um, a lot of the, the cars are now coming out with... Uh, you know, factory screens, they've already got a reverse camera and they want to add a caravan camera or they might buy a caravan with a camera on it. Um, so basically what we can do is we can integrate into the factory screen. So you don't have to add, you don't have to like clutter the dashboard. Um, yeah. And wow. So where I, on my dashboard now, have a mm-hmm. separate monitor for my reversing camera, Yep. What you're saying is if the factory, if the vehicle comes from the factory with a reversing camera, or a, you can Some actually vehicles, integrate yeah. most of those vehicles into having that reversing camera on the factory screen? Yes, that's right. Oh, we, we can do some vehicles. Obviously, we'd love to do them all, but um, there are certain ones like Toyota, um, Isuzu, so the D-Max, the MUX, um, and the Ford Ranger. We can, we can all do... You can do the Toyotas. Yep. yep. You can do the MUX. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's outstanding. So what does it really mean? It means that when somebody puts their, they're towing their caravan, their box trailer, their horse float, whatever, mm-hmm. they've got the reversing camera at the back of that, mm-hmm. which you can install if they haven't got one. Yes, that's right. So they've got the camera. So when they're reversing, they've got the camera. It's coming through to the front of the cab of the car. Yes. And if they've got a factory unit, you can now have the camera vision Mm-hmm. in their factory unit. That's right, yep. So all they have to do is basically just flick a switch or um, some, some kits come with a custom dash panel switch. Um, you just push it in and your caravan camera comes up on your factory screen. Oh, is that clever or is that clever? So I've got to upgrade. That's what you're saying to me. I've got to that's upgrade. Right. You've got to do Declutter away. the dash. Yep, that's right. Oh, genius. Mm-hmm. All righty. Now, they tell me there's another thing that you've got because I've, I, I know all about this one. This is the, but you're running out of them because people have been That's buying right. them, so many of them, yes. is the HUD, yeah. which is a heads-up display. Mm-hmm. So what, what's that mean? So basically it will project, well, it will reflect your vehicle speed up onto the windscreen. So basically uh, it means that you don't have to keep constantly looking down at your speedo. It's directly in your uh, peripheral vision. Um, yeah, so, oh, so you don't have to play noddies looking down at your speedo, lifting your head up, looking down at your speedo, that's lifting right. your head up. The vision of your speed is reflected up onto the windscreen. Yes. That's oh, right. that's yep. clever. Yep. That's clever. So if people want that or they want the head integration unit, where do they go to? So they can just call us on 1300 555 514. 1300 555514. That's the one. I've got it. Yep. Or they can visit our website www.polarisgps.com.au polarisgps.com.au and you just make it nice and easy now this new factory that you've got the new showroom this is in seven hills in sydney so if people need installation done and they're from sydney you could organize that yes most definitely you were so good so there you go there's nicole now nicole before you go you're allowed to have a song so what would you like and who is it by so i would like Thunderstruck by ACDC. Thunderstruck ACDC <laughs> by golly. I think last week we played ACDC, <laughs> didn't we? We did that for Angie and now we're doing this for Nicole. So there you go. So if you want to find out more, all you do is go to polarisgps.com.au. You have a look at that. But just ring up the girls. Ring up Angie, ring up Nicole. They'll tell you all about their products and their products are sensational. So they're an Aussie company and they're ready to help you. So one three hundred double five double five one four. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. Here comes ACDC with Thunderstruck, and you enjoy that. Back with you real soon.
Oh, by golly, Thunderstruck, I bet you that shook you up. <laughs> now, if you're talking about Thunderstruck, you should have seen the faces, I would imagine, on Land Rover because Ineos, I-N-E-O-S, is a new car manufacturer and they're going to be building what's termed as a Defender-esque type vehicle. It's called the Grenadier. It's a four-wheel drive and it looks like, it looks like to me, it looks like a Land Rover Defender, but, but ultra-modern ultra-modern. So they released the body style, I think, early July this year, 2020, and it does, it looks really, really like a, a Land Rover Defender. But Land Rover took them to court and the judge said they dismissed the, the Jaguar Land Rover appeal to trademark the shape of the Defender with the, the UK Intellectual Property Office saying the specific vehicle shapes the JLR sought to protect were not distinctive enough to warrant such protection. <laughs> and <laughs> when you see the Ineos, and it's a good-looking thing, but when you see it and you do compare it to the Land Rover, oh, they look very much the same. <laughs> it looks like they had the same mum and dad, I think. <laughs> Just one might have been a little bit younger than the other. So there you go, <laughs> a little bit of interest coming out of there. Now, speaking of interest, oh yeah. Now, if you're interested in what they term warbirds, warbirds, do you know what warbirds are? They're the old war planes. Now, there's a thing called warbirds down under. And in 2018, they had a Spitfire there, they had a Dragonfly, they had a, an Australian boomerang plane. Australia actually produced, manufactured, produced, designed an aeroplane, a warplane, called a boomerang. And so they've got one of those there. Well, they had it there in 2018. They might have it again next year in 2021 as well. But they had Tiger Moth. They had, oh, the Gloucester Media. Oh, so many things. So what's happening is it's about, again, about four and a half hours or thereabouts south of Sydney, and it's called Tamora, T-E-M-O-R-A. So... And you can go down there, not just for the Warbirds, because if you're heading down that way anyway, pop on in because they've got fabulous things. So from you've got Gold Rush history, you've got Pioneer Villages, you've got fighter jets that you can see. There's the Heritage Town of Tamora, and that's just got so much to offer. And then you've got the Canola Trail. Now, if you haven't been down and seen Canola growing, I'll talk about pretty. Oh, pretty, 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 pretty. Just lovely. But then you've got this collection. It's one of the finest collections of flying vintage, flying, flying vintage warplanes in the world. So the Tamora Aviation Museum, you'll see the only two flying Spitfires in Australia. Plus they've got a Gloucester Meteor F8. And then the museum, it's got a World War II. It's got the boomerang, the CA-13 boomerang. Oh, and again, I'll, I'll repeat it for you because it's so good to know. It was fully Australian designed and built fighter plane. And, and it was just produced here, just magic. And they've got a Hudson bomber from 1939. And you have different things happening at the, at the aerodrome all year around. But, but you've got to go to the Warbirds thing. Now, it was due to be on in October. It's on every second year in October, but it's it's going to be on, I think, in March uh, 21. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, that's what we're planning for. That's really what we're planning for. Now, there's other things to do down there because you can do a, a, a self-guided tour of the heritage buildings from Colonial through to Art Deco, and then you can go on to Lake Centenary, and that's a seven-kilometre round trip. And the lake, it's perfect for water skiing you want to go fishing if you want to go swimming oh the other thing is and and check if this is going to be on when you're down there 
is the V8 Superboat Championships. If they're, if they're doing a racing event with the V8 Superboat Championship, oh, by golly, they are, I think they're a New Zealand invention. They're out here now. And these things are a, a, a little boat, like a little speedboat with an immense V8 engine in them. And these things just fly and skim. And they're a, they're a little jet boat. I have driven one when I was in New Zealand. And, and talk about frightening. Frightening. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you can discover the life of the pioneers. So the original family home of cricket legend Sir Donald Bradman. Could you imagine that? If you're a cricket fiend and you get to see the family home, of Sir Donald Bradman. I was down in Barrow on the weekend and, and drove past the the Bradman uh, Museum down there. But this is his home, and it's at the Bundawarra Centre. And then you've got the Cultural Precinct, that's all there. And then you've got the Railway at Tamora, which is a heritage railway precinct, so that's all happening as well. And you've got the railway station was established in 1893. Oh! Aria Park, A-R-I-A-H. I met a couple of lovely singers and poets and they were going to be performing there and and that's where they have a wonderful uh, festival festival each year uh, not this year but normally so keep an eye out for that a r i a h if you look that up and find out what's going to be on uh, but there's a beautiful pub down there as well but you're about four and a half hours south of sydney uh, you're about five hours and 30 minutes thereabouts from melbourne and about two and a half hours from canberra now, I know you're not going to meet too many people from Melbourne if you go down there this weekend or next weekend, but it's about five and a half hours from there because we are national. And then you can, so you're two and a half hours, I think, from Canberra. I mentioned that. Uh, and it's just fabulous. So you've got so much to do. But if you want to, you've got to check out about the Warbirds Down Under. I think that's going to be fabulous. So, And it's now going to be on, as I say, in 2021. So you're going to have a great time with that. Great time. And I reckon now I'm going to give you a bit of an interview with Peter Fenwick because Peter we met last week. And again, I had so much feedback on on how much knowledge this man has. So I'm going to play that interview for you right now because he's so good. And then he's asked for a song and you're going to love the song that he's asked for. So here we go. You enjoy that uh, interview, Peter Fenwick of Camper Act. Oh, by God, if you want to. His, his showroom is like a supermarket for new camper trailers. It's that good. So here we go. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road, and I know, I know, because I've had so much feedback, people have been saying, gee, that Peter Fenwick, he knows his stuff. If you're talking about camper trailers and whatnot, he knows his stuff. So I wanted to find out what is the new products that are coming out, because the, yeah, the market's always changing, and Peter knows he's, he's so far in the loop. He knows things before the manufacturers know him, I reckon. But Peter, what's, what's the new things that are coming out in camper trailers? G'day, Scott. Look, thanks for that. We've got a really new one coming from Stockland based in Melbourne. It's called a Rover and it comes in three grades, 35, 45 and 55,000. They're designed for outback touring. They're a pod, um, a large lift the lid at the back and you've got access to a full kitchen, gives you shelter from the hot sun or the rain if you just need to do a quick cook or you can put the 270-degree awning wrap around so you've got full shelter. You can put the side walls on inside, really comfortable queen-size bed, uh, stone deflectors, easy in and out. Cosy, think of a 
a pod type trailer that the Yanks use, but refined for Australian conditions. <laughs> um, it's really, really nice, and the price points are excellent. It's designed for good quality outback touring and camping, and we'll have our new one in our showroom in about four weeks. Oh, seriously? Seriously. All right. Well, that's something to be excited about. So if people want to find out more about that new stockman, how do they contact you? Check our website, camperact.com.au. We've got a little information over there. Or give us a ring because, you know, if you want to get your camper act together, you're talking to the right people. (laughs) We'll help you with that. So there you go. Now, I know because I said to Peter only a few moments ago, I said, Peter, what sort of song would you like? And he said, something by Ganga Jank. So which one by Ganga Jank would you like? Oh, this is Australia. (laughs) And it is, isn't it? And don't we love it? Yes, we certainly do. We do. All right, here's Ganga Jag. This is Australia. And that was Peter Fenwick from Camperact, camperact.com.au. If you want to camp at wherever you are in Australia, you just contact them. They'll sort it out for you. All right, here we go. Ganga Jag, this is Australia. Crackle the king feels laugh and think that this is our 
Oh, yeah, Ganky Jane. Good on you, Peter Fenwick. Now, Betty and Jim, they said to me during the week, why don't you do something on national parks? And then today I get an email from Arthur Wong saying he's going to go to Mungo National Park. So I thought, ha ha, let's do a little bit of homework and find out about Mungo National Park for everybody. But it's one of those places you can explore one of the world's most significant archaeological sites and it's where Mungo Man was discovered. Who's Mungo Man? Mungo Man is the oldest known human skeleton in Australia. How old? Oh, 40-odd thousand years old. Pretty big time, eh? Pretty big time. So if you want sunsets, then you go to Mungo National Park. If you want to learn about Aboriginal communities, Mungo National Park. If you want to see... <laughs> this is going to save you some travel... If you want to see the walls of China, where do you go? Mungo National Park. It's one of the features of Mungo National. It's amazing, amazing. Mungo, M-U-N-G-O. It's about 747k south of Sydney. It's got landscapes just like the moon. I reckon if you if you want to save some travel time, you don't have to go to the moon. You just go to Mungo National Park. Oh, it is just terrific. So you've got a a chain of dried-up lake beds and sand dunes, and they make up this wonderful wonderland. It's an isolated, as they say, it's a lunar landscape, but rich in history. So as I said, they found the remains of Mungo Lady and Mungo Man, as I said, about 40,000 years old, preserved by low humidity and carbonite present in the sand. So you can tour the park with an Aboriginal guide and you can see where the ancient burial sites and the fireplaces and the stone tools and the fish bones and they continue to be discovered now. So you're getting a precious window all the way through into Australia's past. It's just wonderful, just wonderful. So, and if you want to, you can stay in Munga National Park either in a comfy bed that's already there or you can take your own with you. So that's good. So there's campfires and and campgrounds or there's lovely accommodation. So you get there, but there's organised tours. Organised tours, if you want an organised tour, you can do it. So it's about the the, the walls of China. Are, it's about 14,000 years since the water filled Lake Mungo. And it's a 33-kilometre chain of white dunes that once surrounded... Uh, it's a feast of just imagination. So you've got this lunar landscape. It's, as I say, it's known as the Walls of China, and you can access it on foot. And the boardwalks are there, and they're open for public access, and uh, access beyond the boardwalk is only available if you do a tour. Uh, but you can see where the rain has washed away the soft sand and the mud, and it's created characteristic ridges and cracks. And uh, sunsets, amazing. You've got yellow and orange and deep wine red and and the best way to learn about the Mungo National Park is with an Aboriginal guided tour so you can connect with an Aboriginal discovery tour ranger at the Mungo Visitor Centre who will likely be likely be descended from one of three groups of the region was the Pekanji, uh, the Nigiempa 
and the Muti Muti, and, and you'll see evidence of ancient campfires, and you'll learn about the adaptation and resilience of the people who lived in this landscape for around 45,000 years. <laughs> 45,000 years. I mean, you think, that's, just, that's a long time. But you can spend the night under the stars. You can you can park at your leisure and return to a hot shower and a comfy bed at the end of the day. Or you can have a touch of luxury or relax in an air-conditioned cabin at Mungo Lodge. Uh, it's just fabulous. You've got the Mungo Shearer's quarters, and so that gives you cosy accommodations as well. But I'll tell you, if you go onto the website, if you go onto australia.com and you put in Mungo, M-U-N-G-O, oh, you're going to see some amazing photos. Photos are just terrific. So... I reckon that's going to go straight on my list. And Arthur Wong, I reckon he's going to go there shortly and he'll take his drone and he'll take his camera and he'll come back with photos that will just be, I reckon, beyond world class. So that's just terrific. Now, there's so many things that are going on at the moment. So many things. But one of the things you've got to have is a song. So you ready? And I keep on getting requests for this. You might say, Scotty, this is about the third time you've played it. It is. It is. It's called Kookaburra Calling by the Cartwheels. Kookaburra Calling by the Cartwheels. Oh, the, the, the response to that has just been fabulous. So you enjoy that. I'll be back with you in just a little while. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We are on the road. And if you want to get more podcasts for the show, just go onto our website, which is ontheroadmedia.com.au. Go onto our Facebook page, On The Road Media, or you can go on to Spotify and you'll find us on there, On The Road. And, hey, we're there for you because we love travelling with you. This is the only way we get to travel at the moment. So you're travelling through the eyes of the radio. It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Back with you a little while. You enjoy Kookaburra calling the cartwheels.
old kookaburra calling, isn't that a, gee, you just get your little feet tapping, don't you? Now, speaking of tapping, why don't we tap into something really good, and that would be the perfect campsite. And if you're going to do that, then Camper Trailer Lifestyle, oh, they talked about how to get the perfect campsite. They said, now, we all know that you want a nice, nice, nice flat and level ground to set your camper trailer up. And if your tent actually touches the ground, it's also important to clear the site from sharp rocks, obviously, and anything else that might damage the canvas. And next up, you've got to avoid setting up under trees wherever possible, wherever possible, because the sap of the fallen leaves and the seeds, well, they can damage your canvas. But more importantly, the last thing you want is a tree branch to fall on top of you. Oh, yes. Now, the next thing is to ensure that your spot isn't going to get flooded. Oh, that's clever. That's clever. So in the event of heavy rain, for example, setting up in a gully isn't a good idea. Oh, no. And always try and uh, arrive at your campsite well before the sun drops down because that beats setting up in the dark, doesn't it? Now, then you've got to simplify your setup. So setting up your camp isn't always easy, but there's a few tips few tricks of the trade and, and you can take these on board and it'll take some of that stress out because the first thing you want to do is to mark out your tent pole adjustment so you know how far to extend your tent poles to stretch the canvas just right every time. Now a permanent marker might do it, a little splash of paint might do it uh, and that'll do the job for a while. Well, uh, you, can, you might even put a, 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 a thick strip or a, you could even engrave but I, I reckon a little bit of paint. That, that would be the best thing to do. And then you can prioritise your poles. So the next tip is to keep any loose poles that are absolutely essential to the basic setup in an easy-to-reach location, like a canvas bag on the bed. And that way you don't have to go sorting through dozens of poles for the right ones every single time. So those ones that are absolutely essential, you mark them. You could even put a different colour on them so you know they're the essential ones. Or some day glow glow tape or something like that so that you can see them and then you've got to work smarter don't work harder just work smarter so for a soft floor camper uh, tying a rope to the canvas corner rings furthest from the trailer to help you pull the tent over the top well that'll reduce the labor needed won't it that will that will end. oh that's clever so in fact it, it could be the difference between a one-man setup or calling for backup oh doesn't that make any sense oh yeah clever and and the less backup you have to call then the less arguments oh good so then when you're packing down you've got to lock things in so when you collapse the poles in your campsite trailer lock them away in the closed position to reduce any movement during travel good then zip it up now if you zip up your window panels That'll help protect your fly screens from being damaged when they're stored or when they're wedged between the tent poles and things like that. And then you always leave at least one canvas window or one canvas door open when closing up your basic camper trailer tent. So the idea being that allows the air to easily escape the tent when it's being compressed and closed. That's good. That's clever. Now then you've got to pack smart. So if you have an itemised inventory list, for your vehicle and your trailer's contents, that can come in super handy because the idea being that if you run out uh, and you, or you break something, you run out of something, then you can just look at your list and you know exactly what needs to be replaced. So you don't have to rack your brain. Good idea. We mentioned this, set it up in daylight. So if you can do it, set up in daylight because there's nothing worse than tripping over your own feet as you're setting up in the dark and you're getting some tent pegs and you're losing them and you can't see them and uh, it's just not fun. 
So while you're getting a campfire and getting your dinner going, if you're unorganised and you're still trying to set up your tent, it's going to be a shocker. So (laughs) don't do it. Just (laughs) get there early. And then knowledge is power. So before you head off, research where it is that you're going. Find out the things like the weather that's going to be there, uh, what attractions, what facilities are available, and what other campgrounds or sites are available if the one that you had your heart on is no longer available. And then do a dry run. So if you haven't used... Oh, this one's so good. (laughs) If you haven't used your equipment in a while, and you probably haven't, then, or you've just purchased new gear and you think, oh, it's beautiful, I'll take that away, it's all brand new. No, set it up first, set it up. And that way you know there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and you work out exactly how to use it. And don't forget, if it's canvas sometimes and it's brand new, you've got to season that canvas. So you've got to hose it off a few times, let it dry, hose it off, let it dry, and that'll make all the difference. And then the other thing to do is there's nothing worse oh, than waking up to find that a bag of rubbish that you left out overnight has been spread from one side of the campsite to the other by the local wildlife. So you might have had some foxes or some possums or some magpies and they've come in and they've spread it everywhere and that's bad. So make sure you've got a lockable type garbage bin, something that they can't just do it. So, And then there's the things that you, you didn't think you need but you will need and that could be baby wipes because you know maybe you need to do a quick little wash, you know, a little quick wash. So you use a baby wipe, and then you've got your spare ropes, because a spare rope, well, you can use that for, oh, so many things. You can use it as a washing line, you can use it to hold tarps down. And then one of the newest things that people are using is solar lights. So, you know, when you put the, the toilet out there, you've got some solar lights. Uh, you don't need to plug them in, you know. If, if you get them charged up during the day, then they should be fine, and then they can mark your path to the toilet of a night time, or highlight any tripping areas or, or anything like that. Oh, how good. Hey, have we had a good time? I've had a good time. Have you had a good time? If you've had a good time, you've just got to come back with us again. We're here next time. But all you've got to do is go into our website, which is ontheroadmedia.com.au. Go on to Spotify, On The Road. Go on to our Facebook page, On The Road Media. Hey, like that page, do something, and let us make this show the biggest and best on the radio, because I'm there with you. You're there with me. We're going to have a great time. In the meantime, you just have a wonderful, wonderful time. I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons here. We are on the road, and I hope you're on the road this week. And if you are, I'll see you on the road. Bye, 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 my baby, goodbye. I gotta get a gone. Bye, 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 baby, goodbye. See you in the morning at a break of day Just a little kiss and I'll be on my way Bye, 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 baby, goodbye I get so lonely when we're apart I love you only Don't you break my heart Bye, 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 my baby, goodbye I gotta get a going, bye, 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 baby, goodbye See you in the morning and a break of day Just a little kiss and I'll be on my way 